Hello and welcome to the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. Joining me this week as ever is the Franck Ribéry to my Iron Robin, the resident BFG, Lewis. We've got a host of topics for you today, including a recap of Bundesliga match days 31 and 32, as well as the last couple of matches from match day 29 in the Premier League, and to cap it all off, some big transfer news. I mean, I've got to say, I think that, that intro was that intro was just as good as last one's. Uh, I think it was better. It was a little bit more seamless. I think we're getting there. It really, it really was. Jeez. Should we just launch straight into match day 31? Because, you know, we're only going to do a quick recap of that one because match day 32 is where shit went down. Um, well, put, I put it this way. Bayern won 2-1 uh, over Gladbach, showing that they could get some scrappy results as well. Uh, you don't see that every day. Which, you know, we had to work for the three points. We had to work for the three points. It makes a nice change for a buy-in team to actually work to get what they want. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But we're not going to, like I said, we're not going to spend long on each of the matches. So we're just going to do a quick rattle off. Um, Fortuna Dusseldorf came so close to securing some big points against Dortmund. But then, inevitably, 90th plus five, Haaland comes in puts another, one, another goal in at the death and secures the three points for, for Dortmund. I mean, on his return from injury as well, isn't it? Yeah, the kid's incredible. Kid's well, really. he's been nominated for the Bundesliga player of the season, which since he's been there since January, you know. I mean, it's a big achievement. I wouldn't go that far, though, because, you know, half a season and a season, is it? No, and obviously Lewandowski's going to get player of the season anyway. I was about to say, you can't just write that off. I mean, he's broken the all, I mean, he's, he's broken his own record of the most goals scored in a season. And I believe it's the second most goals scored ever uh, after Get Müller's magic total of 40. So, and he's on 31 right now. He's still got three games left or two games. Sorry. Again, you'd, we've said it before. You'd have to say if he breaks that record, he's, Surely got to be a shoe in for the Ballon d'Or, at least the top three. I'd say he's already got a shoe in for the top three now, but you know, that remains. I mean, he's not going to score nine goals in two games, is he? He scored five in nine minutes. True, if anyone's going to do it, Zewandowski. Anyways, Wolfsburg and Freiburg went head to head basically over the Europa League uh, places and came to a gentleman's agree- uh, agreement, basically, with a 2-2 draw. Schalke hold Leverkusen to an unlikely 1-1, which you have to say, given Schalke's form right now, I wouldn't have bet on them to get any, uh, like any points out of, the ga- out of that game. So. Oh, God, no. I think, that, I think a lot of people that had Leverkusen three points written all over it. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Augsburg and Bremen also come up with big points in the relegation battle with Bremen making uh, or basically tying up the points total with Fortuna to basically have a shot even at making the relegation playoff spot. So 16th and 17th right now are locked in a battle, um, which will set them up nicely for match day 32. And Frankfurt, last but not least, came up with some or came up with the small very small chance, but there still is a chance uh, for them making Europa League qualifying spot uh, or making the Europa League qualifying spot with a 4-1 win over Berlin. And as you would probably say, 
the honeymoon period with their new coach is certainly over now for Berlin. Yeah, but 4-1 win or not, I think Frankfurt are too far away from European places. And it has to be said, it's down to their own fault because they haven't replaced uh, Luka Jovic. They didn't replace Sebastian Haller or Ante Rebic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've definitely got a point because it's, uh, what are you going to do? You've got, you know, you've made a hundred million off of these players and you're not investing in, in, you know, adequate replacements. Like they could have, obviously, and this always goes back to the small club mentality, whatnot. Uh, You know, it could have been, or they basically, it's a club that doesn't really want to obviously splash 60 mil on a player, but you know, if, if they had wanted to stay where they were, that's what they would have had to do. Yeah, you can't... It's almost like uh, taking a step backwards after the season they had last year. Yeah, it's actually it's actually a little bit depressing, not going to lie. And I mean, this is why... And this is also goes to the fact that, you know, Dortmund, they sell their key players and they're basically like the team for, that make young talents into young, amazing players, but then just sell them off. And it's just the fact of... The Bundesliga almost, and this is also why Bayern are, you know, not going to have any real competition, I don't think, for the foreseeable future, is the fact that Bundesliga teams, just the minute they get some good players and they, you know, someone that they could probably sell for a good amount of money, they always jump at the chance when some Premier League or some La Liga team, you know, comes and makes them an offer of 80 million, which given, you know, you can't turn like a lot of clubs can't turn that down because because of the money they need or because it's money that they could definitely invest and make their club better. But you know, if they just, if just one or two clubs would say no to these offers and keep their good players and just basically take more money and invest it in that player and a more lucrative contract and maybe try and stay where they've, you know, worked so hard to get, then the league might be a lot more interesting. Yeah, and on the subject of the league being more interesting, match day 32, eight in a row. That's it. Yep. I mean, they, they basically, they didn't do more than they had to, really, with, a, with that 1-0 win, given Lewandowski's, basically, the chip from Boateng into the box. Lewandowski chests it down on the volley, puts it past. I mean, just showing, again, why he is the world's best number nine. But, you know... Eight in a row. That's it. It's it's not even funny anymore. Like it's just a bit. I mean, I'm just like I said. I'm saying as a Bayern fan, it's starting to get you know, you know, the Bundesliga title for for me at least as a Bayern fan, it's not got the same flair that it did you know in 2013, maybe 2014, where you know when when we did the when we did the 2013, 2014 titles, you know, back to back titles, that was a big deal, and then maybe even getting the the third one, 2015, that was also massive. But then after that, when you start just winning year after year, it just, it the magic of the competition. And it's, it is a little bit depressing. Well, you know, the, the quick and easy solution there is to stop buying your rival's best players. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> Dortmund literally bought Gladbach's best player that they probably were going to have for a while in Mark Lewis. So, you know, that isn't just given Bayern have bought rival players or bought from rival teams, but the other teams are just as guilty of doing so as well. 
I mean, Dortmund, Dortmund bought uh, Julian Brandt from Leverkusen. Torgen has that from, uh, from Gladbach. Like, it's not just Bayern who do it. And I'd say the reason being that Bayern, and it's, and, you know, it's not down to Bayern, you know, they, you can't tell them don't, uh, don't play as hard for the title or, you know, that the title means less uh, just because you win it every year. Because obviously there's still a certain amount of hard work that goes into winning this thing. But the reason being that they always win it is just we're going back to this thing of other clubs just becoming weak at massive offers for their best players because Dortmund's going to most likely lose Sancho. And then where do they go from there? Sancho came up with more than 30, uh, with more than 30 score points for Dortmund this year. Where, is, where are those going to be coming from? Because I don't see either Torgen Hazard or uh, Julian Brandt filling that gap to a T. They could probably do it maybe you know, if you give them a couple of seasons, but you know, San- replacing Sancho, that's a massive ask. Yeah, and there's talk of Jude Bellingham, but the boy's 16 and he's not going to be... You know, he's, he's good from what you hear from people, but he's not going to get you 30 score points in a season straight no. away like Sancho's been doing. And also, you know, Jude Bellingham is another example. The kid's probably going to be leaving Dortmund in three years for another sum of about, you know, anywhere between 60 and 100 million if his, if his development takes a similar course to that of Jaden Sancho. And then, you know, Dortmund are back at score one. It's just a fact of keep your players for once. Stop selling them. Make, <laughs> actually, like, just make it a bit more interesting. Like, don't let Bayern just become a powerhouse and don't and and basically say, well, you know, we might as well sell our players so we have more money, so we can make more money because we're not going to make it either way. Like it's just it's, it is it is to a certain extent just still not a or it's a small club mentality almost, and it's one of the reasons why I don't think Dortmund internationally are that big of a club. No, but they have a reputation for developing young players, which I think is what makes them attractive. Um, yeah, but only attractive to, you know, small, I mean, to youth players and young players. Yeah, true. But moving from Bayern's eighth title win in a row, which is ridiculous. Yes. Uh, Paderborn were the first relegated club on the last match day. And it's not really a surprise to anyone, I don't, I don't think. It really isn't. It's It's... It's basically been coming on for some time, and Paderborn, as sad as it is to say, they're kind of they've been on this trip of going basically or jumping between the first and second Bundesliga, even going down to the third. Um, it's it's one of those clubs that basically they're bouncing around the top three leagues, and you know, one year it's going really well, one year it's going not so great, um, and one year it's average. And they, I'd say they they are basically one of those teams that are a second Bundesliga club that every now and then we'll make it to the first league, but then it's not really becoming more than that. It's, it, yeah, I, I've not really got much to say about Paderborn. They didn't really do much. Oh, they beat Dortmund, really. No, that yeah. was 4 wasn't it, that game? They were 3-0 up at half-time, which is ridiculous. I think you're thinking of uh, Union Berlin, the other promoted team. They beat Dortmund 3-1 at home in the first half. Yeah, of the season. but I think didn't Paderborn draw 3-0 with them earlier on in the season? I think it was things I'd have, to, I'd have to go back to my I'd have to go back in my memory. Yeah, they beat they they drew 3-0. True. 
Oh, was that the signal with Duna as well? Yeah, it was like a last-minute equaliser for Dortmund, which is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, see, there you go. They, they show that they have the stuff to, you know, even shock the competition, but it's just the consistency that really was left out with them. Yeah, so the Bundesliga obviously becoming a best-of-the-rest type league at the moment. I think it's interesting because uh, Freiburg, Hoffenheim, and to a lesser extent, Frankfurt, three-way clash for European football. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not even secure European football. We're only talking about the um, the relegation, or no, not relegation, the European playoff spot. So basically, the they're going, they'd be fighting to get into the playoffs for the Europa League. But yeah, you're very, very right in saying so. And, you know, it'll be an interesting one. I think that's a clash going very much down to the last match day where every point and every every bit of every goal and you know goal difference will be very crucial for each of those three teams in possibly making it to seventh place i think if i had to put money on anyone it would probably be hoffenheim they seem to be in the best uh the best form at them or the best shape at the moment winning yesterday against augsburg 3-1 shows that they've got it they're I'd say, but I'd still say that you know, yes, you could put your money on Hoffenheim, but I would never count out Freiburg or Frankfurt because they both can. You know, Frankfurt have shown that they're doing a, they're having a late surge, and Freiburg have always been that team that everyone expects to just be in the uh, middle of the table, but then they actually, you know, they're not just middle of the table, but they're actually competing for European football. So it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one. Not as interesting, however, as the relegation battle down at the bottom of the table because Mainz, Fortuna Düsseldorf, Augsburg, and uh, Werder Bremen, they're all very much still vying for safety from relegation. Any one of those teams, especially Fortuna and uh, Werder Bremen, could still slip into an automatic relegation spot. Yeah, and we've not really, we've not spoken about the, arguably the match of, of the week in the Bundesliga, which was Dortmund's shock loss to Mainz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could almost attribute it to the fact that, you know, mentally the players might, might have just been drained and said, you know, Bayern have now got the title, and, and uh, or for sure, and for us, it's only about the Champions League spots and we're pretty much safe and though in that regard as well so maybe they maybe it was a bit of complacency but yeah they were very they were very very weak against Mainz and for Mainz that was some big those were big three points to get because they put some serious distance between themselves and actual relegation spots you see it's it's, it's a good thing Mainz have got something to play for Dortmund arguably don't anymore they're gonna get yeah. Champions League they can't win the league anymore yeah so maybe the motivation levels were rock bottom maybe yeah true i mean they, they, I, I would almost argue that they were that they basically haven't had the same amount of motivation since losing to Bayern, and basically that was the decider already uh you know we said it in the first episode after uh, in the first episode of this podcast that they like they were struggling to not say in the post-match interviews that's it so who knows? But arguably, I'd almost say Fortuna Düsseldorf against RB Leipzig is as big of a match 
for the relegation um, spots because, you know, Fortuna looked for a long time like they were going to they were going to even drop to 17th place because of goal difference being 2-0 down. Yeah, and when, when Timo Werner scored that second goal, you just thought the floodgates were going to open. It was going to be exactly four or five. But I don't know whether it was Leipzig switched off or, or what, but to concede two goals in the last five minutes, gunning for Champions League qualification. They stumble again. But yeah, they, they choked. It was... So it's almost becoming like the Tottenham of, uh, of, of Germany at this point. Because, I mean, in the last... You look at their form generally in, in... Or basically after the Bundesliga restart, and it's not been great. You know, it's... It's just been... It's, it really has just been average. Well, like don't, win a couple games. don't compare them to Tottenham yet, because now you've said that Tottenham are going to come out and beat United tomorrow. <laughs> like 3-0 now you've said that. Oh, it's average. They're like Spurs. They choke. They bottle it. That's, oh, it's just going to be like 4-0, isn't it? Yeah, OK. But with a big difference that, you know, Dusseldorf actually managed to, in the 80, uh, 85th and 89th minute, score goals and save themselves from dropping not only... Or basically, they save themselves with the... When they made it 2-1 on goal difference, they were back up into the 16th. And then with the equalizer and also actually getting a point out of the whole thing, they actually consolidated the 16th uh, spot and now have 29 points, whereas Vera Brim only have 28. And, you know, also does well for their goal difference because it doesn't change. Yeah. It's, so that's it's, big points. It's a huge point for them. And it, this is going to be cliche as fuck. But it's two massive points dropped for Leipzig. And yeah. <laughs> I, said it, I said it a couple episodes ago. If they keep underperforming, then they could potentially miss out on Champions League, which they won't have Timo Werner for anyway. The rest yeah, of the Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. said that he won't play in their Champions League efforts. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That that's already that's already come out and. Which you I know, think is ridiculous. I think it's disgraceful. I think he should be yeah, just, see out his contract. Yeah, just just imagine for a second that, and bear with me because this is you know not as isn't going to be very very uh, or this thing isn't going to come true or I'd say it's got a very small chance of doing so. But bear with me. Imagine Leipzig managed to win the Champions League in that final tournament. Yes, I know, but just imagine and this dickhead says, nah, I'm not going to play because I'm going, because uh, I'm already going to be at another club. How stupid would he look? Well, there's even the possibility that Chelsea might not get, I mean, they probably will, but it's not mathematically impossible for them to have a Miss horrendous run-in of the Premier League season and drop out. True, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, we've also just kind of killed the big reveal because... We're going to say in our transfer news, biggest news is that Timo Werner is officially confirmed to Chelsea, which we'll say now. We'll come back to that in a bit. But that has all been all for the Bundesliga. Now let's move to the most exciting league in the world, at least, you know, in previous seasons. Not this one. But the biggest league did come back last night. I am so happy. Until, you know, you saw Villa draw, nil-nil. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you've committed Cardinal Sin, number one of the Premier League. In your notes that you sent me, you put big goal line controversy in Villa v Brighton. 
A horrendous um, fuck up for the Horrendous, user. horrendous. Yeah, can't, can't be happening. If I was Sheffield United, I'd be absolutely fuming. Livid. Yeah. Well, so, I apologize. I had the, I don't know why I had Brighton in my team. I mean, in, in my head. That was a colossal, colossal error on that, on my part. But anyways, how do you not give that goal? Well, how? Let me read you. I, I kept the statement here from Hawkeye, the people that do the goal line technology. I kept it here. So, well, uh, so the seven cameras around the goal were significantly obscured by the goalkeeper, defender, and goalpost. Hawkeye unreservedly apologises to the Premier League, Sheffield United, and anyone affected by this incident. Me personally, a little bit hurt because that mishap technological fuck up cost me 65 quid but we'll ignore that <laughs> oh my days but i'm i'm sorry that is the biggest amount of bullshit ever that, that that literally you can't be telling me yeah uh we had some players blocking the cameras that are needed for the bullshit and I'm, I'm i'm not gonna hey. start the i'm not gonna start the var debate like should it look at it because I could talk about it. It wasn't even VAR, which is, you know, been, is still, you know, in its developing stages. Like we've had goal line technology for a couple of years now. Like this shit shouldn't be happening. Well, here we go. So we've had Hawkeye in the Premier League for 9,000 games. And that is the first mishap in 9,000 games. But if I was... A colossal like, fucking mishap. Say, say for a minute that you're Richard Masters, the head of the Premier League. Yeah, and I'm whoever runs the Hawkeye goal line technology for the Premier League. I said to you, big mistake, our mishap. But in the next nine thousand games, there will only be one more mishap. You probably yeah. throw your hands yeah. in the air and say you take it. It just so happened that it cost Sheffield United two points, and they would have gone into fifth place. And, you know, that is a perfect segue into the fact that Sheffield United could very well become or get its first Champions League campaign ever next season. Like, say for, say for a minute that that incident costs Sheffield United Champions League football. I mean, granted, yeah. Europa League football for them is great. But you'd be, you'd be seething. Also, the money. Think of the money that you get from, you know, making that Champions League spot. That's just, for a club like Sheffield United, ex like, you also have to do, you also have to think about the fact that, you know, this is a club that has just been promoted. This is their first season, you know, back in the Premier League. And these guys are fighting for, you know, the, they're fighting for European football. And now you're saying that not even a fuck up on their part or bad play Whatever is costing them points, it's technology. Like, wow, ouch. That's yeah, and I'm, I'm, pre I'm prepared for the amount of stick I'm going to get for saying this, given what Liverpool have done. But Chris Wilder, for me, is he's my manager of the season because Liverpool have far better players than Sheffield United have. But what Chris Wilder's done with that team, the way he's played against the big teams, it's ridiculous. Dean Henderson in goal. On loan oh, he's from, going to you guys soon, isn't he? He's, well, he's on loan from United. I yeah, know, he's got, um, that's what I meant, he's supposed to be going back. Yeah, but he's got the most clean sheets in the league. He's got 11 clean sheets in the league. That's unreal. Like, it's, 
you know, it's one of those things where he wasn't even, he wasn't really on anyone's radar even, you know, he, everyone's, everyone was thinking, you know, United to have David De Gea for the number one spot, great backup in Sergio Romero. And, you know, Dean Henderson, he's been playing in the championship up until this season. Like he won't be a contender. And now all of a sudden over one season just shows you how quickly stuff changes in football and how quickly uh, someone's fortune can change, can change, you know, he's now in contention for one of the most coveted goalkeeping spots in European, if not world football. I think in an ideal world, Sheffield United get Europa League. He goes back for another season. Yeah. De Gea has one, maybe two more seasons, but in the second slowly gets phased out because Sergio Romero, and I'm going to say is the best second choice keeper in the Premier League. I can see that. I can see that. So it's not like we've got Willie Caballero or, you know, Claudio Bravo as a backup. We've got a competent keeper who is a really good shot stopper. Yeah. But I can see him being sold next summer, maybe, to make way for Dean Henderson to come through. I mean, it's, it's almost comparable, you know, obviously not with the tumults surrounding the whole deal, but it's almost comparable to the goalkeeper switch-up that you're having at Bayern, um, with the big exception that the star, your star keeper is, you know, not in any form or fashion going to get phased out over the next couple of seasons. Uh, but, you know, you've got a young keeper coming in, the backup is not going, you, you know, the very competent and solid backup you've got is not going to stick around for, you know, becoming number three. And you've got basically massive shakeup in goal, you know, because Sven Ulreich, the rumor mill is going around that he's being linked with a bunch of clubs in the Bundesliga, you know, anywhere from mid table to even Europa League clubs. And I'm not going to lie, the guy probably, if you, if you weren't, or if you weren't playing at Bayern, he'd, or he'd start in any other Bundesliga team. Like I are definitely putting the reputation on the line here, but he is a decent keeper, and he showed that in that one season where Neuer was injured, he actually could back up Neuer quite well and actually could play quite well. So I'd say he he definitely give Birki and Zoma a run for their money um, at Dortmund and Gladbach, respectively. And other than that, he'd definitely start for any other Bundesliga team. We'll get stick for that, but... It's fine. I'm not a goalkeeper. It's fine. You're the, you're the goalkeeper. You can... Uh... I, very true. I mean, I'm, and that is, that, is my, that is my professional opinion, if you want to say that, of but a six-year goalkeeper. Going, going back to the Premier League, there was one other game yesterday that made up, and ah. <laughs> I think it will forever be known as the, uh, the final nail in David Luiz's Premier League career. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just, Ow. I, just watching the highlights of that, it's just, it's just depressing. The guy is smiling when he gets substituted on. And then within 25 minutes, not only does he have a colossal error, like literally just a blackout, but also gets himself sent off. And then basically he's, he's responsible for the fact that Arsenal conceded twice yesterday, like directly. Well, something I found quite uh, not funny but it kind of is quite funny. In the Premier <laughs> League, he has uh, the most red cards, the most errors leading to a goal, and the most conceded penalties. That's, that's a depressing... That's a, that, those are three depressing lists to be top of. 
<laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but I think, I think you're very, very, very right in saying that that is the final feather that broke the camel's back and the camel's back being David Luiz's Premier League career. I, don't, I yeah. can't see him so, starting Arsenal again. So Pablo Mari got injured. And so did Granite. You know, Arsenal had a horrible time of injury. Just like Granite Xhaka had to go off injured. But Pablo Mari went on. <laughs> Pablo Mari got injured. David Luiz came on for 29 minutes. Uh, tried to control the ball with his knee. Sterling scored. <laughs> and, and then I think Martin Tyler described it as an assault on Riyad Mahrez. He literally just grabs his shoulder and says, Hadouken! Like... <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it's it is very much oh, it's it's just very very sloppy defending I mean the fact that he even you know his positioning's off and his footwork is slow to get him into the position to actually have to pull Riyad Mahrez down which is you know that that just shouldn't be happening to a defender who has had the career that he's had because I mean once upon a time this guy wasn't that shitty of a defender well Jamie Carragher was actually quite insightful with it because I think Carragher was a great centre-back in himself. He made yeah, it, yeah. When he won the Premier League with Chelsea under Antonio Conte in the middle of a back three, yeah. his instruction was pass it right to Azpilicueta, pass it left to Cahill. You don't go anywhere. You stay back and you, do, you, know, you don't... You make tackles on the line. You don't go on a jolly at halfway up the field. You just stay put. You make passes to either of them and let them do their job. Yeah. Because I don't want to slag him off too much because he has won a lot. And yeah. by all means, I can't play football for shit. And anyone that's seen me play, you know that more than anyone. I'm 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 not gonna be I'm I'm not gonna be judgmental on that. I'm just gonna um I'm gonna say you've got you've got the Sunday League techers. It's fine. It's effort with very little skill. <laughs> But he's got, he's got no defensive awareness or capabilities around him, which if you're a centre-back, is quite a damning thing not to have. Um, yeah, I, you've put it better. I mean, you've put it, I can't put it any better. It's just, uh, it, it does hurt me a little bit because, you know, he, like once upon a time, he was good and he was good enough to, you know, become maybe one of the better centre-backs on this planet. But... He just never took the final step to making that happen. And then his career has just been on a downward spiral. Like, I'd already argue that when he went from, went from PSG back to Chelsea, that he already wasn't as good as he was before going to PSG. So basically, his last good or very, very good seasons were his last season at Chelsea before moving to PSG. And then his time at PSG was quite good. And then after that, as you said he was basically just told stay put pass to the guys who actually can, you know, dribble a ball and hold the line. It's just, it is just one of those things. Like I'm like you said, I don't want to slag him off a bunch, but he has been having, you know, almost a downward spiral for the last season and a half. I want to try something just quickly. Just close your eyes quickly. And I can uh -huh. see you on, on video chats. Close your eyes. Yeah. Pretend that red shirt that you've got on is an Arsenal shirt. Pretend you're an Arsenal fan. Humor me for a minute. Pretend you're an Arsenal fan. I can see you wincing. It's fine. You've waited 100 days to watch the team that you love and have supported your whole life play football again. And it's gone. 
within 35 minutes. Fuming, I'm fuming. <laughs> uh, I'm, I didn't. I actually didn't uh, have a have a watch of Arsenal Fantasy V yesterday, which I'm sure is probably comedic gold after that match. <laughs> oh, I just, uh, it, it does make me cringe. Just, just that, just that little five minutes, or not even five minutes. Just that little imagination just makes you cringe already, doesn't it? It's just, it's, it's not nice to laugh at someone's misfortune, but at the same time, Arsenal, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, we're in German, as ever, we've got words for these types, uh, for this type of thing. The good old Schadenfreude. That's the one. Being amused at other people's misfortunes. There we go. I can tell. I think that's the life of a football fan. And you always get those people like, oh, why can't you just be happy because they're doing well? No, it's not my team doing well. Be quiet. On that that subject, what uh, the, apparently the reports coming from the team, the Bayern team bus on their way back to the team hotel were the fact that they were singing a chant that Borussia Dortmund fans, the yellow wall in particular, have been singing always every or every time they are getting close to winning the title which was let's be real the last two years and it goes uh wer wird deutscher meister bvb borussia which translated who's going to be the german uh champion bvb borussia so i mean thomas muller apparently started singing that and the whole bus team bus was chanting that ironically so that's definitely going down as one of the best uh moments of football shithousery this season <laughs> Just, it's back. The Premier League is back, and I could not be more happy with how it started. Definitely, definitely. But at time of recording, so Thursday, uh, Thursday evening, late afternoon. Yep. There's still the rest of the weekend to go. So tomorrow is Norwich Southampton, which could be massive if Norwich win that. I was going to say that's that's two teams who are very much in that uh, bottom third. And fighting to stay safe. Yeah, I, mean, I think Southampton are a little bit more safe. Yeah, but we said this. In, we said this in the Premier League special. Southampton could, given they do need a little bit of bad luck to, you know, come along with that and a very big dip in form. But they are by no means safe. No, like I say, a string of bad results and they're right back in it again. But the exactly. big one is. Tottenham United and Jose Mourinho has already said Harry Kane and Heung-Min Son, the two players that Tottenham had out injured, will be starting tomorrow night. I mean, that's big news for any Tottenham fan and must make you know United fans, you included, a little bit uneasy. That's fine. We've got Rashford and Paul Pogba back. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely shaping up to be a good match, but I think you know everyone can agree that Harry Kane after Lewandowski is probably the best number nine, or, or the second best number nine in Europe, or if if not the world. So, I mean, given he's been out for a while, but that's no small thing to have to go up against a Tottenham team with Harry Kane versus without. Yeah, obviously you'd rather go up against him without, but being out for that long is. Is Matt Sharpness going to be an issue? Obviously, Rashford won't play the full game. Nor will Yeah. Paul yeah. So I mean, it, it'll shape up to be a good match, I'd say. Yeah, obviously. And it's just, oh, it's, I'm, I don't know how to explain it, but I've missed the, almost the nerves of anticipation with it. 
Like, because it's already started now, because I know there's no football tonight, so I've got nothing else to take my mind off it. <laughs> you're just, you're just going to be sitting there with sweaty palms for the next 24 hours. Oh, working tomorrow is going to be horrendous. I won't get anything done. <laughs> I'll just be constantly checking Twitter, like, is anyone injured? Is there any news? Is there any news? See, this is the thing. For me, basically, the scene's already done, because... I'm having to wait another two and a half weeks, almost three weeks, until we play Leverkusen for the final. Which, another anecdote, both Leverkusen and Bayern Ultras have petitioned the, or are in the process of petitioning the DFB to reschedule the match for a time when they can play the final in front of a full stadium, which... Nice idea, but that's not happening until, like, September, October time. That's a, that's a generous estimate. I would say, I mean, going back to our Corona discussions from the first episode, I would say that before we get full stadiums, we're going to have Christmas holiday. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that. It's going to be ages and... Sadly. It's going to be weird, but the FIFA noise last night really did nothing for me. Yeah, I actually, do you know what? I actually turned it off at some point during the Bundesliga matches because I thought it was interesting to hear what, how the players communicated on the pitch because this is a once, basically, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You don't get that opportunity to actually hear what's said on the pitch very often. So I actually didn't mind turning it off for a bit. I mean, say for the obvious eerie silence in that stadium. But, you know, other than was, that, I thought it was very good. It was quite interesting because two different ends of the spectrum. We got to hear Kevin De Bruyne swear which is quite funny. <laughs> He's got quite a high voice, which is quite funny. But then he also, does. But also watching Edison collide with Eric Garcia, the noise that made was horrific. Yeah, that's the thing as well, because you really, sometimes you're already uh, in a crunching tackle, you already hear it, you know, over the din of anywhere between 30 and 60,000 fans. But then hearing that crunch without, you know, the background noise, Jesus. It is very, ugh. But luckily he's out of hospital now. So it's not as bad as it looked when he was stretched off with blood coming out of his face. Yeah, but I mean, that, that, to be fair, Ederson's been on the receiving end from uh, for a shit like that already before. So uh, Yeah, start of a couple of seasons ago, Sadio Mane. Oh yeah, right boot to the face, wasn't it? Oh, shades of um, De Jong against Xabi Alonso in the champion in the. Uh, I, not I cannot believe that that was not a red card. Like I was twelve at the time of watching that, and I already then was like, yeah, that's a red card, no chance. Like there's no chance he's getting, he's not getting sent off. You know why? English officiating at its finest. That's Howard Webb refereeing that moment. Your, your boy. Your boy. Your boy, yeah. Howard Webb. The referee United yeah. fan. Like every official in the country, apparently. Definitely. One more quick thing before we do move on to the actual transfer news of the day slash week. Can we just take, take a moment to appreciate the fact that Bayern's reserve squad is in first place in the third Bundesliga? So how does that work? Do they get promoted to Bundesliga 2? No. So basically, the rule book says that no reserve team is allowed to be playing in the first or second Bundesliga, which I didn't even know until a few days ago because I thought, it, I thought the rule book said that basically you can't have the reserve team or basically two teams from one club playing in the top division, but it would still be okay in the second division. However, that we now know is not the case. 
But I mean, I think that's unreal because especially with Bayern having been touted as having, you know, lost the magic of their youth academy with, you know, David Alaba and Thomas Müller being the last two graduates to actually make it full time into the first team. For them to, you know, say, yeah, we're actually sending a bunch of 19-year-olds into the third Bundesliga, which is a big step up from Regionalliga on the fourth tier. And for them, in their first season after getting promoted to the third Bundesliga, to actually be in first after 32 or 33 games. I think that's an achievement and speaks, for, uh, speaks to the work that's been, do- been done in the Bayern Academy. I mean, it's unreal. It's an achievement, but I've got a really cynical rebuttal for that. What's the that's point fair. if you can't get promoted? What's the point of trying to win that league if you can't get promoted? It's a similar situation when you look at Barcelona B and Real Madrid-Castilla. What's the point? I mean, yeah, you do have a point in saying, you know, what's the point? But on the other hand, if you go into that league basically saying we can't win, so what's the point of playing? Then that's not, first of all, that's not professional. And second of all, you know, these players are playing in that league to, you know, to basically hone their skills and get them ready to actually make it into the first team. So... If you're, go- if you're doing very well in the third league, you're much more likely to, you know, have the skills, the skill set and the mindset to play in the first team and play Bundesliga than you are if you were just basically dicking around in the third league and just making sure you don't stay or you just don't get relegated. So, I mean, I think, and seeing as Bayern, the Bayern reserves are the only reserve team of a Bundesliga team even playing above uh, fourth tier, I think it's a very, very big achievement. Yeah, I think it's just an alien concept to me because we don't have our reserves in, like, League 2. The PL2, right? Yeah, we have the Premier League 2, but we've also got that weird, like, leasing.com trophy where um, our under-21 side, or under-23 side, sorry, can play. But we, I don't think anyone takes that really seriously, to be honest. Now that we have gone through the Bundesliga and Premier League match days, it is time to go to the transfer news, which we've already said it in this episode, but we have to say it again. Werner to Chelsea, now official, 52 million pounds or 60 million euros. His release clause has been activated. Pending a medical, he is going to London. Ugh, it just, it sucks. I don't like Chelsea doing well at all, to be honest. Oh, if, I mean, as a Bayern fan, I want to see that club down and out for the next 20 years, not even remotely close to winning a title. But, you know, after 2012, that's just me being vindictive, which I'm, a, I'm still a football fan at the end of the day. You know, let me have it. Yeah, I mean, it'll, be, it'll be nice to see Timo Werner in the Premier League, to see how he, how he copes against in a league with more physical defenders. Yeah, I mean, he's that, that is very true because you know, the Bundesliga is just not as physical as the Premier League. On the other hand, he is wickedly fast. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's recorded one of the top speeds in the Bundesliga this season. And he has, he's got 26 goals and eight assists to his name this season. Like even doing that in the Bundesliga, unreal. I mean, he's the first German player since Mario Gomez in the season 2011-2012 to score more than 25 goals. And I love Mario Gomez. That is an unreal stat. It's ridiculous, and he is a good player. I think it's it's difficult for me to be that, you know, psyched and hyped up for it, because 
I don't like Chelsea. And in the future, no. we are going to try and have a Chelsea, uh, you know, a Chelsea fan on to talk about stuff like this, especially if they sign Kai Havertz, which again is... Oh, another, don't, um, even, don't even speak that. Nah, nah. We're, we're, we're going to definitely leave that one off. Are we not but, entertaining the possibility of that then? Well, I mean, you've just provided me with a perfect segue and to the fact that Kai Havertz has been linked heavily with Chelsea now at the beginning of the week with some English news outlets even saying that Chelsea are prepared to be bidding um, in excess of 83 million euros. So basically that's, uh, or this is obviously um, converted to 83 million euros plus bonus uh, fees which would bring the total up over a hundred million and what Leverkusen won. Yeah, but it depends depends what the bonuses are, because if it's something stupid like, oh, we'll give you another twenty million if we win the Champions League in the next five years, it just won't happen. Well, here's the thing here's the thing. I'm pretty sure that Leverkusen in that instance are going to make sure that it is these bonuses are tied to something stupidly easy to get, like, you know, bonus of 10 million if he has over 15 appearances or fi- or starts 15 times for you over the course of a season across all competitions, which, you know, would happen 100%. And then, you know, if he gets more than 10 goals, you get another 10, we get another 10 million. So I think Leverkusen are going to be smart enough to make sure that within, you know, one or two seasons, they get their full, they make it up to the full 100 million. Now, whether Kai Havertz is going to be doing that for Chelsea or for another one of the big clubs he's been linked with, who knows? Because that news came at the beginning of the week and everyone was saying, you know, Chelsea and uh, Leverkusen have already started talks. But since then, it's kind of died down. So I don't know how much to say, how much we're to set by that. I think it comes in fluxes and waves, really. Like it rare, it's said, like Sancho stuff died down a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's come back up again now, and it's it's difficult. But again, it's it's only good for the Premier League to have players like Kai Havertz playing it. And talking about that from an unbiased professional journalism standpoint, <laughs> because I because we are professional journalists, we are professionals. But from a fan, you you never want to see your rivals strengthen. Yeah, I mean, and it's also one of those things that it goes back to the Premier League buying the best players from all over the world and then not giving English players, a, you know, a chance. And one, I don't know where Kai Havertz would fit into that Chelsea team. Um, you'd assume you'd take Mason Mount's number 10 position. Well, exactly. exactly. So, you know, that then means that Mason Mount, I'm sorry, as good as Mason Mount is, he isn't. He, he's he's not even close to where Kai Havertz is, and they're both the same age or about the same age. But he's nowhere near where Kai Havertz is at the minute. He will be benched if Kai if Kai Havertz did go to Chelsea, and you know that means another English player, another young English talent, not making it. But I what what I find a bit not hypocritical, but a bit like it's a massive U-turn because it was meant to be Frank Lampard's young English. The spine, the English spined Chelsea team. You know, and now he's going yeah, exactly for uh, Tamori Mount, and now suddenly, you know, he's buying the young, the best young German talent. <laughs> you know, Tammy Tammy Abraham won't start over Timo Werner. 
here's the interesting thing. I've seen that apparently, um, obviously this is social media talking, but many people have been saying that Vanna would move to wing or to the wing and give Tammy Abraham or let Tammy Abraham still, which would let Tammy Abraham still start. So, but then you're handicapping one of the best young forwards in Europe. Yeah, exactly. That's my, yeah, exactly what, is that, what I was about to say. That's not Vanna's preferred position. Hence why he didn't move to Bayern either, because Bayern would have 100% put him on the wings because he would never have started over Lewandowski. It's one of those things you never know. But moving on from one German talent to the next one, and this is not as big of the news, I just thought it was noteworthy um, before we wrap this up. Bayern have apparently, or they're apparently ready to make good on their threat that they will wait until signing Sané on, um, in 2021 so they can acquire him on a free transfer and basically on the 1st of January 2021 announce that he's going to be coming to Bayern for free that next summer. They're making good on that threat, which I thought they wouldn't do, but that would then free up funds to possibly acquire Havertz, which would work out in Bayern's favour. If that happens, we don't know. Yeah, you'd have to say that they'd, they'd, they'd have to already have an agreement in place with Sane, like a gentleman's agreement. Don't sign a new deal. We'll have Which they to do. Yeah, because Hansi Flick's already spoken to Sane, if you believe. Yeah, exactly. Papers are saying. Uh, you know, he didn't come on yesterday, Leroy Sane, but he is back. He's on the bench okay. with five subs in a game. He'll get, he'll get his playing time. He'll get his game time. And then, obviously, next season, we'll be back to semi-normality. Yeah. He could potentially break into that team. Oh, definitely. One last thing before we wrap this up. Tangai Kuyasi, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. On a free centre-back. Yeah, on a free confirmed from PSG to Bayern. Apparently, PSG are furious because the centre-back himself said yeah, I don't feel that I'm getting enough playing time, whereas apparently he's been giving a numerous amount of opportunities by Thomas Tuchel to play this past season, given his young age. I mean, he's a very unknown quantity uh, for me, specifically. I didn't really hear of the guy until we acquired him. So, Yeah, I know. can't say I know all that much about him, but it's another young talent. And let's be honest, if anywhere needs strengthening for Bayern, it's your defence. Well, the centre. Yeah, although, although Boateng has seen a revival, but that is another thing that Boateng and Alaba are both uh, being rumoured to actually move to PSG. So, you know, I guess we'll leave that for another episode. But it has been great talking to you guys. It's been a lengthy episode. And we will hopefully see you next week. Enjoy the Premier League matches that are on this weekend. Uh, and Bundesliga ones, don't forget them. And Bundesliga as well. Any questions, do feel free to send them in because it'd be nice to hear other people's opinions on things, not just the opinions of two people that basically want to talk shit for a living. Oh, yeah, it's great. But keep calm, love the beautiful game, and we'll talk to you guys next week.